Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. So, um, um, this is exciting. I'm so happy that, that we're all here. And I want to start out uh, by all of us um, getting to um, know each other. Um, <clears throat> my name is James Barris, if we haven't met before. And um, I've been uh, with the Kalyanamita program uh, from the beginning. And I want to uh, introduce a couple of people who've really been responsible for uh, this new chapter in it. Uh, and then uh, want us to meet each other. Uh, so, Ghidra Gershman and uh, Melanie Spear, come on up. So, uh, Ghidra has been, she's in uh, our community here. We, we meet here every Thursday night and has been uh, just really one of the main reasons why our community is so uh, welcoming and inviting. Uh, she, this is just a gift that she has of, of bringing people together. And she's volunteered a lot at Spirit Rock in the last uh, year or two, uh, particularly wanting to focus on supporting um, you and these groups happening. Um, Ghidra leads her own Kalyan Mita group. I'll let her introduce herself in a moment. And, and Melanie also, uh, in the last year, has said, I really believe in this stuff. And uh, she also has been involved with a group for some time. And uh, so the two of them have really wanted to uh, put some energy into uh, not just their own groups, but helping support other groups. And that has gotten me, again, re connected and inspired to, um, to do my part in helping make that happen. So I want to have you hear a little bit uh, from each of them. Well, I am delighted to see you here this morning. And I, I look at it as an interconnection. And Kalyanamitta means Dharma friends, uh, spiritual friends, spends friends along the path. And it's been a wonderful program for me. I meditated for 15 years at home alone. And then at some point, I started uh, becoming part of the Spirit Rock community and then realized I just really didn't have the voice. I didn't have the vocabulary. I didn't have a way to communicate. And uh, so I started, uh, after doing you know, various day-longs and retreats, uh, I realized that uh, I needed a safe place to talk about what the Dharma was, and to find my own voice. And uh, so I started with a group of strangers, and it was uh, just a very powerful experience for me. And now I'm in several KM groups, and um, each one has a different flavor, a different focus, and each one is really additive to my life. Uh, the job that I do for Spirit Rock in the Dharma Friends program is trying to get people connected to groups. And uh, there just aren't very many hosts and facilitators or groups that are open. 
and uh, what we want to do is to grow the program. And um, so I look at today as the planting of a seed and the, and the development of a, of a network, and maybe we can do this together. You're all here because of some commitment to KM, and um, we need you. I'd like to, to thank James, especially. Thank you, James, for your generosity and in, in coming to lead us today and, and for your so much uh, that you have put behind developing and supporting Kalyanamita. It's been a, a major um, enrichment to my practice. I, I've been practicing about 11 years, and after the first three, I realized I didn't have anybody to talk to about the Dharma. And I just wanted to be able to, to discuss it and, and uh, practice with, with people that were doing the same sorts of things. And so I called Spirit Rock at that point and asked about Kalyanamita and was on a waiting list for two years. And uh, finally called Spirit Rock and asked, gee, you know, don't we have anybody at all in our area? I live in Lafayette, which makes it a little bit hard for me to get over to Spirit Rock and, and Berkeley even. So um, I, was t I was told that uh, there were quite a few people on the waiting list and that what I could do would be to call these people, find out if they were still interested, and maybe we could start a new group, which I did. Uh, and when we had uh, developed about 10 to 12 people that were interested, I called Spirit Rock back and said, great, we've got all these people that are interested. Who's going to lead it? And they said, we thought you would. <laughs> which was kind of hard for me because I don't have any training in the Dharma and I don't have any group facilitation skills. Um, but we did, as a group, went ahead and, and we're in our sixth year now. And uh, so I'm just delighted that, that um, we're able to reach out and try to, uh, to arrange things such that people don't have to wait quite that long to get into a group and hopefully we can encourage people uh, with the skills that James is going to help us develop, uh, that it's really not that hard to start a group, and it's just um, the best thing that ever really happened to my practice. I find that one of the things that that we have gleaned from our group experience, and I've just been talking with two of my wonderful friends who are here from this group today about this, is that uh, we find that there's almost no other place where we can go be supported to hear our own development and wisdom and be able to talk to people with, with support about that. And it's, it's a very rare gift that we would love to see other people have access to. So hope that uh, either you, if you're not already in a group, might consider joining one, uh, starting a new one, or encouraging others to do so. Great to see you all here. Thank you. Thanks to both of you. Hang on, just because uh, you're going to pass this on. So, um, first of all, just to underscore what, uh, what both uh, Ghidra and, and Melanie have said, there is a real hunger and thirst for people in our community, and that means all the, the sitting groups around the Bay Area as well, um, to connect with each other. When I ask in my Thursday group, um, how would you feel about meeting with like-minded friends and just sharing the Dharma and discussing and having it more 
in, uh, in your life in, in an ongoing way in your practice in a small group where you really connect with each other and can hear your own voice, you know, almost every hand goes up. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. But somehow there's the, there is this need and it hasn't been fulfilled to the extent that it could be um, out there. There's so many people who've been practicing for quite some time. And even those who have not been practicing for quite some time, some of the richest groups are not those from experienced practitioners or senior students or community Dharma leaders that just get together and share about life and share about what the Dharma, how the Dharma informs our life. So um, this is kind of starting to address that need that's out there. Uh, what I want to do um, now, and um, if this, is, this can be done um, as efficiently as possible, I want to hear um, who's out there. I want us to, I want to know who you are and how, just where, because that'll help to support uh, this bigger picture. And also, just so you have your experience, experience yourself, when your voice is in the room and your name is known, you feel more of a connection. That's the idea about Kalyanamita groups, that you're not anonymous, that your voice counts. So want to um, have the mic go around. One sentence, just one sentence, not a run-on sentence. <laughs> But one sentence, your name, where you live, uh, if you are in a group now or leading a group or if you've come to start a group. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that's, that's enough. Okay, So you can just pass this talking piece around and speak right into it. And uh, also, if I'd like actually, if you can, here's a stretch, to stand up so people see you, because uh, you might as well be seen, and uh, we can uh, enjoy meeting you. I'm Danielle Benoit. I live in Rockridge. And um, what was the third part? <laughs> <laughs> Do you lead a group? or? I, uh, uh, no, I don't lead a group. I'm hoping to lead a group, and I'm in two Kalyanamita groups right now. You're in two now. Actually, if you, you want to lead a group or you are in a group that has some space and open, uh, say that. And if you have a particular interest or focus that you'd like, it's, you don't have to, but if it's there, I want to lead a group and look at uh, mindful parenting or whatever, then mention that too. If not, then that's fine. Don't have to come up with anything. Uh, I haven't quite figured out what the group would focus on, but uh, I was looking for people who are on a similar path in terms of considering monasticism. My name is Kate Beerus, and I live in Willow Glen, San Jose, and I'm not currently part of a Kalyanamita group, and I'm just interested in learning more about what, what this is, how people create it. My name is Jim Brown, and I'm from Sacramento, and I have been in a Kalyanamita group, and I uh, would be interested in knowing um, more about facilitation skills to possibly organize one for my, for my community. 
my name is Betty Shrek, and I live in Berkeley, and I come here on Thursday nights. And I heard about Kalyanamita, and well, we just created a group on our own. There were four of us that wanted to get together, and we've had people call and inquire. Out of all that, like about 10 people, we have five people now. Mm -hmm. And I really feel the thing that just holds us together is that we just want to do it. We want to be together. We have no guidelines about how to, how to study Dharma. I mean, but uh, but we are focused. But um, we all we all come twice a month, and um, that that that's a big, pretty big commitment. So Great. I would like to to help us by opening up the group and by by having a structure so that we can be together and be studying too. Thank you. Hi, I'm Susanna McIntosh. I live in Oakland, and I have tried unsuccessfully to start a Kalyanamita group for parents, um, but I am not giving up hope. And, um, and I also think I may be joining another group, so I'm sort of here with question marks. Thank you. Hi, my name is Dawn Neal. I live in San Francisco, and I'm one of two Kalyanamita coordinators at San Francisco Insight. I also do belong to a group that is primarily very experienced practitioners, and I am interested in starting one in the near future. It may actually be fairly temporary, um, a discrete number of months, dedicated to skillful communication, wise speech. Great. I didn't catch your name. Dawn? Dawn. Hi, my name is Kathy Cheney, and... Um, I am part of uh, a sitting group, a little sitting group in San Rafael. I live in San Rafael, and um, I'm also uh, um, part of a, a Zen Sangha as well, and, and I'm very much aware of the, the power of sitting together in a group and sharing the Dharma. And so I'm here to, to learn um, about that and um, interested in uh, starting a group, leading a group, being part of a group. Thank you. Hi, my name is Cindy o, and I live in Fairfax. Um, I've lived in the area before, and I was always amazed that there was no KM group in in Marin, or one that I could join. So I haven't been in one. I've ha had interest on and off when I've been in the area, and so I'd like to uh, look into facilitating a group. In fact. Um, Kathy and I are talking about co-facilitating one, um, and we haven't figured out yet what the focus of the group might be, but it's nice to be here and see that there's some structure for this. Um, I'm Aki Gormazano, and I live in Mill Valley when I'm not at school in Ohio. And last semester at school, I led a sitting group that met every night except for a couple days. And next semester, we're kind of hoping to give it more of a group feel. So um, I'm just here to learn a little bit more about facilitating something like this. Hi, my name is Melinda, and I live in San Anselmo, and um, that's in Marin. And I um, participate on Fridays in the yoga and meditation class at Spirit Rock, regularly led by Dana De Palma and often Janice Gates and other yoga teachers. 
and there is, um, I would say, a movement in our class to start a Kalyana Mitta group. That's the first time I've ever said that. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know much about this, and I'm kind of new at it, and I'd rather participate than lead. So we are looking for people like you to come. If you are interested in doing this, we are interested in getting together. Hi, my name is Diane Rose, and um, out of a Spirit Rock day long um, focused on elders and eldering, wise eldering, um, a group of us started um, East Bay Elders. And um, we've been meeting now for about five months, and we are looking for new members, and it does fit the Kalyanamita, um, it seems like, criteria. And I didn't know there was such... Um, a thing going on, so it's very exciting to hear that there are many groups already sprouted and some about to sprout. And um, we trade off facilitating, so everybody gets an opportunity um, to to facilitate. So if anybody's interested, you can see me at the break or after, or go on to eastbayelders.com. Hi, my name is uh, Barbara, and I'm from Sacramento. And I co-facilitate uh, a Kalyanamita group. And I came today because I have um, some, some specific questions that have come up uh, in the group, and I want to know how to um, better handle them. Great. Thank you. I'm Nancy Benson-Smith, and I live in El Cerrito. And I'm in three Kalyanamita groups, um, kind of co-facilitate one of them. Uh, that is, we're looking at the Satipatthana Sutta, and we're going through Joseph Goldstein's talks on the Satipatthana Sutta. And I think there are now 40, 38 or 40 46. of them. 46. And how many? 46. 46 of them. We're enjoying it so much that we think that when we're through, we're going to start all over again. It's just, it's really been wonderful. Um, I'm also in a group for retired women, which is, doesn't have a facilitator. We just meet. We are all practicing. We love to just share how our practice is um, affecting our lives. There's also another one that I'm just newly into, sort of involved in our sangha, we are getting together at the home of someone who is currently unable to leave his home because of an injury. And I believe that group is open. Uh, you could talk to me or to Ghidra. Thank you. Um, good morning. I'm Ross Smith, and Nancy and I are in the same um, group studying the Satipatthana Sutta based on Joseph Goldstein's talks, as well as a wonderful book by the, um, the Honorable Eliano. And um, we translate the, the Satipatthana Sutta as, the, as you, many of you know, the four foundations of mindfulness. And my preferred translation is the four abidings uh, of mindfulness. And just this past month, I'm beginning to find out what mindfulness is. <laughs>
Hi, I'm Patrick Hubbard, and I'm from Oakland, and I'm in a group with Melanie and Anna over here, and um, been practicing in that group for about five years. Thanks. Hi, I'm Anna Windorf, and I'm in a group with Melanie and Patrick, and we meet in uh, Lafayette uh, uh, twice a month, and we discuss various books mostly and some readings and various articles. Um, we're, I'm also in a new group uh, for a very specific group. It's for mothers of children, young adults with um, severe mood disorders. And so we're, we're looking for new members there. Hi, my name is Megan Haley. I'm um, a member of the Thursday night Sangha that meets. I'm a member of the Sangha that meets here on Thursday nights. And I'm part of a group that's been a new group that formed um, almost a year ago and we've kind of gone through some transitions and sort of have a core group of four people right now and we are open to others and I think Susanna, it's my group that you have been talking to someone in so we should connect. Um, but anyone else, we meet in Berkeley, um, in North Berkeley and Central Berkeley. So anyone else who is interested in that location, um, feel free to talk to me. You, you need to put the mic really close to your mouth. Uh, so. Probably I don't because I talk really loud. <laughs> um, Joyce and I have uh, been co-facilitators of uh, Kalyanamita group. We meet um, two Mondays a month, and we've been meeting for, we think, about three years. Um, we have seven people, and our focus is possibly a little bit different from what I've been hearing here, our focus is kind of um, the path of the Dharma in your everyday life. So we kind of focus more on practicing the Dharma when you're not in a Sangha sitting, but how the Dharma relates to living your life every day. We love it. We have a great time. Our people love it. And um, we may have an opening in a couple of months, but right now we're full. Oh, sorry, in Berkeley. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Oh, I'm sorry, Susie Sloka. Um, I'm Joyce Kelly. I live in Oakland, and Susie said it all for me. Hi, my name is Rula. I live in San Francisco, and I'm going to be starting with a friend, a Kalyana Mitta group that's mindful meals-based, so we'll get together and have a mindful meal and then uh, go through Dharma discussions and what have you. My name is Joyce. I actually am from Seattle, Washington, although I spend most of my time elsewhere, which poses a dilemma for me because I was in a Kalyana Mitta group in Seattle for five years, and we rotated the fac facilitation of the group, and I just couldn't participate in the way I needed to, being gone so much. So... I spend a lot of time in the Bay Area. I'd be interested in being part of a Kalyana Mitta group. I probably will be living in Montclair while I'm here. My name is Carolyn Klepsch, and I live in Menlo Park. And I never called it Kalyana Mitra, but I, for 10 years, hosted a weekly meeting at my house and uh, also a women's group for nine years. And... Uh, I stopped a couple years ago just to kind of regroup, and I'm uh, getting ready. I'm really missing having that kind of intimate sangha, so I'm 
getting ready to start a group again, and um, I have lots of things I'm interested in. I have a pretty deep background in Zen and um, have been studying with Anam Tuptin Rinpoche, which is where I met James, um, and also some Vipassana background. And I have got some friends interested in James Joy course. So I'm thinking of starting a group where we can really dive deeply into that. Uh, that's the first thing I'm going to do, and then just sort of see what happens. Hello, my name is uh, Mario Castillo, and I live in Berkeley. And I have had the great uh, privilege of co-organizing co-facilitating and co-leading a spiritual friends group for alphabet-identified men of color, alphabet referring to LGBTQQISGLTS, translation, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, intersex, queer, questioning, same-gender, loving, two-spirit. Ah. <laughs> um, but uh, wonderful opportunity for connection uh, with folks with shared identity, and uh, happy to be here to learn more. So thank you. Hello, uh, my name is Lynn, and I live in uh, North Oakland. About nine years ago, uh, I joined with a group of people that came from the Thursday night sangha. We wanted to meet together in a smaller group to talk more intimately and deeply about the Dharma. Uh, we've never had a facilitator at that time, and that group uh, ended very happily after about five years. It was a natural conclusion. Um, I was away for a couple of years, and since then I've joined a new group which does have a facilitator, and uh, our group is uh, about eight people, and I'm here today because I'm very interested in how people connect and also break apart from the Dharma. Thank you. My name is Grant Rudolph, and um, I live in Mill Valley, where um, we just started a new group. We've met twice, and it's very exciting. Um, a big emphasis on trying to build community and uh, check-ins and how we're working with the Dharma each week, and we always do a little taste of chanting. My name is Rhonda. I live in San Francisco, and I keep hearing these um, announcements at Sunday night, Eugene's. So I'm just curious. I don't really know much about it, but I'm just here to figure out what's going on. Hi, I'm Michelle Alexander, and I live in Oakland, and I'm interested in uh, either joining a group or potentially co-facilitating a group. My name's Amy Lee, and... Um, I've been wanting to join a group for a while, and I, there was never one that was available um, when I was available. So I just started, I just actually posted something on the website and am interested in starting a group. So if anyone's interested, I live in Berkeley, and um, a group that we can co-facilitate and co-host. My name is Joanne Eli. I live in Tiburon. And I'm new to the area, so I'm here to learn and explore different opportunities and different groups. 
Hi, I'm Rosa Pell, and I'm from San Rafael. And I'm currently not in a group, but I'm finding this all very interesting. Hi, um, I'm Sylvia Beltal, and um, something I've been practicing Vipassana for a long time, and then something kind of strange happened, and I was drawn to start going to church, which I've never done before. So I've been going to church for the last couple of years, and the pastor asked if I would, my husband and I, who's not here yet, uh, could teach mindfulness meditation to those interested, and it's really fun. I really like it, and I want to learn more about leadership and um, possibly start a Kalyana Mita group, which is more focused on the Dharma. Hi, I'm Catherine Mixtravic. I live in um, Richmond, and I'm um, here to find out more about Kalyana Mita and the mechanics and the leadership uh, portions of it. I'm part of the Dedicated Practitioners um, program with James, and I've been in different sitting groups, but not really a Kalyana Mita group. My friend Margot and I have some friends who are interested in meditating and sort of tossing around the idea of maybe co-facilitating. I've had some other little opportunities of maybe teaching mindfulness, but I just need some direction and some guidance and, um, and or just to join a group. One thing that occurred to me just sitting here was um, I'd be interested in a group of health practitioners um, in the Dharma um, because I'm a nurse, and um, anyway, it's good to be here. Thank you. Hi, I'm <coughs> Margo, Catherine's friend. I live in Berkeley, and I'm interested in starting a women's group. I already have a circle of women friends, and I'd like to have something more formal. Hi, I'm Philippa Bornstein. I live in Pacifica, <coughs> and I co-lead a group with a friend of mine. We've been meeting about seven years, and uh, we just love the Dharma and are so focused on bringing it more into our life. Thank you. Oh, uh, we are open for other members. Hi, my name is Calvin. I got an email about this. Uh, I, I never heard of the KM groups, and I'm interested in joining one. I live in El Cerrito. I am a healthcare practitioner, too. And I, I was wondering if there was a possibility of rotating facilitation. So, My name is Sandy, and I live in Rossmore Retirement Community in Walnut Creek. Um, I used to come here on Thursday nights, um, but I find it a little difficult to be driving at night anymore. And I don't know that... Even though Rossmore has 10,000 people, um, there isn't any Buddhist group there. And I have never done anything in terms of leading that type of a group, though I had led some other groups there. So I was thinking about <laughs> doing something where we could start a group, and it would have to be probably some type of an orientation group, unless there are some Buddhists there that I don't know about. So... Other than that, if there are other groups that are close to Rossmore, like the Lafayette group I heard about, I would like to go to that also. Hi, I'm Margie Jacobs, and I'm a rabbi and have been working with other rabbis for 
I guess about 10 years now to bring mindfulness and Vipassana into Judaism. And James has been very helpful with this and Sylvia Borstein has been helpful as well. Um, and a friend of mine who's also a rabbi and I are planning in three weeks to start a group, a weekly sitting group um, that's integrating mindfulness and Judaism. We've been planning it for about a year and are actually sitting down tomorrow to work out the details. So this is perfect timing. We're in Berkeley. I'm Judy Silber. I wasn't planning on talking today. <laughs> um, I just returned from the, well, in December, I returned from the three-month retreat at IMS. And uh, that was very deep and very disorienting to come back. And so I'm just kind of checking out a lot of different things. And a sitting group has sort of started to spontaneously form at my house. And um, a lot of people, I found that a lot of people since coming back are interested in what I did. And they're interested in kind of learning from me. And so I'm interested in finding out how I can help kind of make that happen and what are the different practices and ways of inquiry that I can bring into kind of the way that I present Buddhism and Vipassana. Oh, and I live in Berkeley. <laughs> My name is Lauren Piper. I live in El Cerrito. Um, I was in a sitting group years ago that was actually unsatisfactory to me. And I've toyed off and on with the idea of starting one that would be more about embodied practice and not too cerebral and everyday life with more experienced sitters. Um, thank you. Hi, I'm Joel Schreck, and uh, I host a Kalyanamita group that meets on alternate Mondays in the Berkeley Hills. We've been meeting for about five or six months. There are five of us and we're looking for more members. And this is a kind of leaderless group, and um, we're looking for a facilitator or ways to facilitate this ourselves, but no one really wants to take on that role. So um, thank you. Oh, Ber we live in Berkeley, yeah. Spirit Rock. Are oh, you on staff now, too? On staff now, too. Okay. Uh, she gets paid to do this. Great. <laughs> and uh, gives a lot of good energy towards uh, supporting our community. Thanks. Here. So impressed by everybody turning out today. It's wonderful to see people's interest in these groups. And I know Spirit Rock is really um, trying to increase their efforts to support the creation of these groups. Um, we do have an email list in the back that if people would like to sign up, we will be communicating with people about these groups in the near future. Yeah, thank so you. thank you. Yeah, hi. Um, so my name is Jeremy Lent. And... Um, Closer. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, so... <laughs> how's, how's that? that better? Yeah, so I, I, I live in Larkspur in Marin. And I've been practicing for about five years. And, um, yeah, the first I heard of Kalyana Mitta was uh, an, e an email I got from Spirit Rock just saying this meeting was happening. And for me, I've been practicing pretty much on my own. And I've been really, really eager at the idea of getting more involved in, like, exactly this, this kind of thing. So I was excited about this. 
And I'd be very interested in um, perhaps like sort of co-hosting so um, a group. And my, my particular interests are one is metta and, um, and also just how the practice integrates with our everyday life. And I'm also very interested in um, any um, sort of being open to a spiritual path that also maybe um, incorporates elements of Taoist or Vedic type of traditions as well. So a very kind of open-ended spiritual group would be one that I'd be very excited about um, being part of. Thank Thank you. Hi, I'm Victoria Vogel. Um, My co-leader is Grant over there and my husband. Um, We've had two meetings in our Kalyanamita group um, in Mill Valley, and I'm from Ohio. (laughs) We meet Thursday nights from 7 till 9, and we're still developing the focus. Um, My intention, our, our intention is to break through like spiritual isolation and to really practice, um, bring depth um, to our practice. I'm really excited. Hi, my name is Billy Romaine, and I'm in Berkeley and interested in finding community around Dharma and sort of integrating into other parts of my life, which include being a member of a synagogue and having a, a teenager with special needs. So I've already heard of a lot of good connections so far. Thank you. Hi, my name is Verna Lim, and I currently co-host host, um, a West Berkeley meditation group. Um, our focus is loving kindness and equanimity. And um, last week we had seven folks. Um, we're every other Tuesday, and I'd love for more folks to come join us. We've only been around for five months or so. So, and we rotate facilitation. Um, David, I'm actually here from Denver, being something of a Dharma bomb uh, sangha tourist. Um, Enjoying myself very much in the Bay Area, of course. Really good place for that. And um, I'm actually also um, a bit of a traveler in my practice with uh, a Zen roots and a dear teacher in the Vajrayana tradition and um, a lot of good time with uh, Lloyd and the IMC out in Denver. Lloyd Burton. Yeah. Who was, who was the first uh, who, who helped organize Spirit Rock before it was... We had land spirit rock when it was insight meditation west. Yeah. And now after some years of doing this, I'm coming to a point in my practice where it is really um, you know, apt to be looking to support and facilitate. Um, uh, I'll be going, you know, support and facilitate the Dharma. I'll be doing a, a mindfulness instru- or meditation instruction training and would like to really look at a more collective basis for the uh, teaching and you know, support of Dharma. And some of the best teaching I've ever uh, been a part of has been uh, offered by teachers who work in tandem. There's something about that collective mm-hmm. approach that I am very interested in. Thank you. My 
My name is Brian Hand. Uh, I live in Marin. I've been practicing for about 30 or 40 years, I guess. Um, and I'm looking to either facilitate or just be in a group in Marin, preferably. Um, Just feel the need for a sanka. Uh, my name is Cynthia Embry Lavoy. I live in Sacramento, um, and I was part for a couple years part of a, a Kalyanaminta group in Davis, and that was a few years ago, and the travel got to be too much. And I just joined another one in Sacramento, and I may be taking part of the facilitation role, so I'm here to learn. Thanks. Um, how are we doing? Do you need a, uh, do you need any stretch or uh, should we just keep on going? Who needs a stretch? Um, stretch. Stretch. <laughs> <laughs> You can stand up for a moment. If you need to use the restroom, it's in the back, but I want to just keep on going since most people are able to, uh, to hang in there. We'll take a break uh, in a little while. I'm gonna, I'll talk for a while, and then we can take a break and then uh, continue. One more minute, and then we'll uh, get started. Thanks for, for doing that and uh, being willing to uh, both speak and also be present for everyone. You, I don't know, your mind might have said, oh my goodness, we're going to spend all this time meeting everybody. This is going to. But there's something about both having your own voice in the room and not being anonymous and also about hearing other people. It's like a a mini reality show, you know, that is so fa so fascinating these days on TV. Oh, there's another human being here, you know, and, um, that starts to create connections besides just whoever's up front. In fact, it was interesting that a just a few people said, yeah, I could use a stretch, and I thought, okay, we'll do a stretch. And then immediately, just having heard all of just a few moments from each voice, Connections wanted to be made. Oh, who are you? And whoa, there's a group here. It's like, okay, come on, come back. Let me herd you back, you know. But we want to connect. We want to connect. If we feel safe enough, if we feel we have permission to, if we feel some kind of rapport or like-mindedness with somebody else, we want to do that, at least many of us much of the time. Many of us, probably everybody here knows the feeling of not wanting to connect. Let me just close my eyes and feel my breath and just keep the world out. Thank you, and I like the silence. Yeah, that's too. We want to connect with ourselves, but there's this urge when it feels right and, um, and supportive 
that's what helps us come out of ourselves. That's what helps us break through that sense of isolation, as I'm sure, and, and not only break out of isolation, but feel juiced, feel inspired, feel enlivened by knowing that we have something to share with each other. This is one of the basic needs of human beings. In Maslow's hierarchy of needs after survival, uh, you know, basic survival, and uh, I forget what the second one is, but the third one is belonging. We want to belong. We need to belong. As I'm sure most everybody here is familiar with the line by the Buddha, back to Ananda, having good friends. No, it's not half of the holy life. It's the whole of the holy life. So this is what we're doing here, just kind of supporting this natural urge to connect. I want to share a little bit about my vision for Kalyanamita groups and uh, then uh, some about the role of leading groups facilitating. And we'll have a, a chance to um, have some uh, conversation and also for you to be in small groups today uh, to look at different aspects of being in or leading a group and looking at some issues that, uh, that might come up in the time for for uh, discussion, question and answer. I'm not the only person who has the wisdom in this room. As you can see, there's a, so many people who've been doing groups for a while, uh, for a long time. And so I want to have us hear the wisdom from each other as well. Um, just a, a little history. Uh, a friend called me up. I think it's, it's close to 20 years now, 18 or 20 years. So I, I, I don't know, I forget exactly when. Saying, well, you know, it's really nice that we have these sitting groups, you know, the group in Berkeley or a group in, in uh, Marin or you know, various sitting groups with, that are teacher-led. But what about us folks who uh, want to discuss the Dharma besides the, the large room setting, and besides the, the teacher holding all the answers, you know, some of us have been practicing for a long time, and we might have something to share. And others who haven't been practicing all that long, but want to feel an, in a bit more intimate setting, um, a, a, a conversation of what it's like to to live with the Dharma. You know, you might, what should we do about this? You know, any ideas? Come on, get something going. You know? He was actually a, a, a little kind of like, come on, get something going here. And I, I thought about it, and I've, I've, I've had great gratitude to uh, him all these years, because when I hung up that phone, I said, yeah, he's right. How can we get people connecting with each other? And so, you know, it doesn't take rocket science. 
you just somehow create the conditions for people to connect with each other, and they'll enjoy connecting with each other. In fact, I, what is it? The, probably one of the most successful, if not the most successful, church in America is uh, Rick Warren's uh, Saddleback Church down in uh, Orange County, and the main the main um, mechanism for that church having like 35,000 or 50,000, I don't know how many members, is um, the small cell. This, it's, I think, the cellular-driven church where he created, I never knew about this when, when, when I was first getting this idea, but just to, to let you know the possibilities, where he created a, a forum for people to study the teachings as he put, and in these small groups of about um, 10 or 12 people, that's the core of the flourishing of his church. People have been doing this since people have been sitting around camp, uh, fires in, in the cave days, you know. So I said, okay, how about if we create some kind of a form where people can come together. And my idea is, and maybe you can relate to this, you, you had, if you have a friend who you love sharing the Dharma with, who's gotten into really great Dharma conversations with a friend here? Okay? It's like there's nothing like it, right? It's cool. You know, I, I used to, you know, uh, the, the, the book that came out, Awakening Joy, with my my friend Shoshana Alexander, she's the, the, the co-writer, we used to be up until like 2 in the morning talking about the Dharma. After our first three-month retreat at IMS in 1976, you know. That's, that, that book came out of like a 35-year conversation just talking about the Dharma. There's nothing like having a really good friend that you just want to share what is the meaning of life? What is it all about? How can I bring as much consciousness and love as I can and, and open, open up what's in here and connect with, with somebody else? And when you have that kind of connection, it's just the two of you create something that's, that's a lot more than what you each individually possess. So in my mind, I was thinking, okay, if there's two people who have really good conversation like that, and they can just invite some others to as like the seed of that conversation, no matter what the topic is, it doesn't matter. It's like you create this field of just fascination with the Dharma, and it's, it's become so alive when you do, as well as starting to hear the wisdom from around you where you don't have to come up with all the answers, but you know it's just this really neat Dharma conversation. And if there can be some kind of structure and support and guidelines, not only for when you get together, but here's, here's the piece that really interests me, that in between the times that you meet, the fact that you've gotten together has kept the is keeping the Dharma alive in your consciousness. 
and you're looking through life, at life through a Dharma lens, not, oh yeah, when uh, next Tuesday I'll get together with some other people and I'll do my little Dharma thing, you know, and then kind of go unconscious in the rest of your life. That can so easily happen. If you've got that kind of connection where you're supporting each other and saying, hey, let's look at this topic, see how it relates to our lives, and in that coming together, keep the practice alive and supported in between so that it's an, your life is seen in the context of practice rather than practice being squeezed into your life, then that's pretty cool. That's really, that's really rich, where it's more than just squeezing it in, getting together and with some nice friends. Besides the smaller groups, it's also been a vision for all the groups to feel connected. Because that's a whole other level. You know, I, I don't know how you felt, but for me, just hearing everybody talk, oh, I'm in Sacramento, I'm in Mill Valley, I'm in El Cerrito, I'm in you know, San Jose or San Francisco or whatever, it's like, oh, we're not just doing this alone. We're part of, of a whole network of groups that really loves the Dharma. And so when you're meeting, it's like you've got that connection with others and you're part of a larger community. Not that you have to come together all the time or become buddies with, but just knowing it's out there, again, those connections, once, once they're in our consciousness, we feel held in a, in a larger way. So at different times, uh, I used to get together with facilitators from groups um, regularly when it was a smaller number of groups. And I, I've gone through different, in, uh, it's gone through different incarnations where, um, you know, there, there'd be some other people helping support it because I'm not that great an administrator. Uh, and, you know, just who's going to hold this together? Now that Ghidra and Melanie are here saying, yeah, I want to put energy into this. And Spirit Rock as well, which for actually the first 15 years, it was just something completely separate from Spirit Rock. They would put it up on the website, but you know, that's your thing. And now in the last number of years, we've all seen the value and power of community. Now that Spirit Rock is really putting some energy and seeing the value in this and, and wanting to support it. This core group here hopefully will just keep on spreading and having seeds that there's so many groups around the Bay Area that could be forming. I want you also to know there are many groups around the country. Uh, I, I'm on the IMS newsletter, and the staff at IMS has a number of Kalyanamita groups. And in Washington, D.C., Tara Brock and her community has loads of, of Kalyanamita groups. Rodney Smith up in... Seattle, at least, I don't know if it's still happening, but they used to have lots of Kalyanamita groups. And so you're part of something much bigger. And as a matter of fact, these days, um, Gil 
Fransdell is is uh, is wanting to create uh, help create more of a sense of community, a, a larger network, and I think this can be a, a, a very important piece of that larger network around the country. And and there's also Kayanamita groups in uh, outside this country. So I'll say um, a little bit about um, the facilitator's role, uh, and then we can maybe have an open conversation. Mm. So there, as, as probably many of you know, you're, uh, there are some groups that depend on the wisdom and Dharma experience of people who've been practicing for a, while, for a while or a long time. That's one kind of group. Particularly from many groups, uh, I, I do a beginning class and have lots of people uh, at the end of the class saying, where do I go from here besides the large sitting group? And, I, and some, some groups formed when uh, you know, I'd say, hey, you've been practicing for a while. Why don't you um, lead a group? And, and so that would be one kind of group where there's experienced practitioners and sharing the Dharma with people who are new. Then there's the peer groups, and there's probably uh, a lot more peer groups than, uh, than that first kind. Either peer groups, people who've been practicing for a long time, who, want to, who are on the same level of experience, who want to share uh, and, and keep practice alive that way. Or there's also groups, people who haven't been practicing that long and want to invite uh, others. And for those groups, you don't need to be you know, the Buddha to facilitate a, a group here. You don't need to have, or you are a Buddha, but you don't need to be the Buddha you know, and have all the answers. All you need to do is be willing to hold the space and have enough sense of how to create a space that will let everybody, um, let everybody's voice be heard in a skillful way. And those groups, many groups, take a book like you know, A Path with Heart, you know, or you know, whatever, One Dharma, Awakening Joy, or what, whatever it is, where the book is the kind of structure for the content you know, just like a book club. You know, lots of, I bet a whole lot of people here are in book clubs. It's not like you've got to be an expert to run a book club. You just have to read the book and then discuss it. Well, in the same way, if you're saying, oh my goodness, I don't know if I could lead a group. Well, if you can read a book, you can lead a group. Um, if you can read a book, be willing to hold space and then um, uh, share. The original idea I, I had was when there's pairs of facilitation, uh, that can be helpful on a few different levels. One, it uh, minimizes the projections that people have on you, either 
hey, who do you think you are leading a group? Or, oh, I found my teacher, and uh, now I'm going to follow you wherever you go. Because when there's two people, it's like, okay, we're just hanging out here doing this together. And it also minimizes the um, identification with role, which is the other tricky piece. When you're on, on your own, there can either be, oh my god, who am I to say anything and open up my mouth, and I don't know if I, I'm overstepping my bounds, is this cool? Or, hey, I got a group. You know? I think I know the answers, whatever. Um, both of those can get you into trouble. However, if there's a maturity, and I've told you know, many, many Dharma leaders particularly, but also many mature people who have a lot of practice and who've seen, you know, who are working with that, sense of ego inflation as a, as a cornerstone to their practice and seeing it's just the Dharma coming through us. If you have the skills um, to run a group on your own, one of two things will happen. It will either flourish or not. And if it doesn't, no big deal. You know, as long as nobody's getting harmed, you know, then a, each group has a life of its own. But if you, if you can lead a group on your own and it flourishes, fabulous. If you can have a Dharma friend to do it with, that just it's a lot more fun. You don't have to be at every one if you're out of town or whatever, or feel like it's, you know, it's depending on you. Uh, and it's just really more nourishing. Um, in, in the times that I've, been doing this and meeting with leaders, one thing has been consistent, that the people who've led the groups have probably gotten the most out of the groups. Because there's something that it, it's, it's so much fun, if it works, to create the space where other people can be practicing the Dharma with you. It's like, it's one of the most beautiful things to do, to, to offer that to people. Mm. And if you can align, if somehow, as th this is not going to be news to you, when the chemistry is right and everybody just feels like they belong, then magic happens. Then it's like, much more, the whole is much greater than the sum of its parts. When there is that alignment where you're all just in it together and there's not the, the personality dynamics that get in the way, it's quite extraordinary. However, as we all know, just a little bit off in chemistry and that affects things. So, uh, the key is how to create that chemistry. And you don't have to be brilliant at this, but there are some things to keep in mind. One is 
when I, I see the qualities of a really good leader, facilitator, community dharma leader, whatever, sitting group leader, what, what really impresses me most or strikes the most resonance with me, a good leader, is somebody whose highest priority is to bring out the best in everybody is to see, create a space where you are seeing that there's a Buddha in everyone and you are, your, your task is to, is to really bring out the best. Not, it can be easily, you know, self-referencing, uh-oh, they're looking at me, what do I do, you know. A, a really great leader, just as much as anything, loves to see people shine. And the, the interesting thing is being in that seat, even if you're just hosting, you know, people need some kind of leadership. And they empower you. All, not all, but one of the most important things that you, that you can do with that, that empowerment is to empower others and just be, be believing in them and looking for the good in them. And it's an interesting thing. If you see it and say, oh, that is, that's really good. You know, I'm, I'm really glad you said that or whatever. Not that you've got to be overt with this. It's more on an energetic level as much as anything that people kind of come out more and more and more. So... One way to do that, the bottom line, is to create a very safe space. Because when you do that, then people can relax and know that, you know, okay, we're, it's not going to be chaos here, and, uh, and everybody counts, and I don't have to worry about getting you know, attacked or whatever. That safe space creates both alignment and the possibility of rich discussion. In creating a safe space, one of the key components is directing the traffic flow. And in every group, there are going to be people who are more extroverted and others that are more introverted. Not that anyone is bad or wrong for who they are. They're just who they are. And your responsibility, as much as anything, is to um, encourage or allow for the, the more introverted types to have some space if they want, not to force them if they feel uncomfortable, but to really give them the opportunity to talk. And for the more extroverted to appreciate, honor, and also um, not let them run away with the show. Mm. So uh, we'll, we'll get to delicate you know, issues, thorny issues. A few, uh, and, and I want to hear from you as well, a few things that I find to help uh, keep this in mind, in help creating a safe space and directing the traffic flow. 
Um, first, getting a sense of how much the group is, is putting time into personal sharing and how much it's into exploring Dharma topics from a more conceptual level, theoretical level. And again, there's no one right way. I want to underscore every group has a life of its own. And so it's not to say this is the way every group should have. It should be. Every group, you want to help it grow organically. Some groups are really about the personal sharing or that there, there's a lot, of, a lot more focus on that intimate connection. Other groups are a lot more focused on exploring Dharma topics, which is absolutely wonderful, fine, beautiful. But if you've got some people who really want to get in depth into a conversation about a Dharma topic, and some people who are saying, you know, hey, this is going on in my life, and I, I really want some help here. And others, are, and they're saying, yeah, we should focus on this, on this real live situation. If there's not some kind of agreement how to hold that all, that's one of the main ways that things get complicated. So it's up to you and also to the whole group to get a sense of how much of each. I was sharing with Melanie and, uh, and Ghidra, we met earlier this week, uh, a simple way that I do it with one group that, um, who's in? Oh, Catherine is in, uh, a couple of people I meet with. We've been meeting for like six or eight years now since the first DPP. And, and I, it was a monthly group that, that I led and then incorporated some people from the DPP2 group, and we've been meeting monthly for about six or eight years. And it's a very, it's a very beautiful group, very deep connections, very, a lot of wisdom there. What we do in our check-ins, and I would encourage you to have a check-in after sitting together. The sitting helps you stay, meet in that place of stillness and the Dharma. And then there's the check-in and what we do with the check-ins, um, there's a timer, you know, my, my phone that kind of impersonally rings after three minutes, two minutes or three minutes or whatever we've set given the space and how, much, how many people are there or the time. Um, and we use a talking stick when we go around in the sharing. And we say, okay, share whatever you want, whatever is going on in your life in the context of how the Dharma is informing it. What are you learning? How is your Dharma practice holding whatever you happen to be going through? So in that way, it's both a personal, but it's more a reflection uh, that, that brings out your wisdom as well. And it's very, very moving. A lot can be shared in two minutes, even, or three minutes. So I just kind of offer that to you as one possibility. Keeping on bringing back the personal sharing, whatever it is, to how does the Dharma hold this? 
whatever your story is, everybody can benefit if, you, if it's framed that way because they've got their own stories that, can, uh, that they can relate to. Keeping on track with time is a big one. Um, if somebody tends to dominate, first, either talking, if it, not first, but you might just say, okay, um, let's hear from everyone before somebody goes three times or something like that. You might establish this at the beginning as part of your process. <clears throat> because, and, and have everybody's buy-in that uh, we want to hear all the voices. <clears throat> uh, one way that you can have where it's like people who are um, looking at a topic together is have some check-in besides the personal check-in at the beginning of a meeting and saying, what have you been learning about this since last time? doesn't have to be a whole long thing, but just a little bit of accountability encourages people to be looking through, through their life, at their life through that lens. So, uh, you know, just what are you learning? We talked about why speech last time or about anger. Anything that you know, people have noticed that they, they want to share. This is just a suggestion. And then the new topic for, for the day. Um, uh, just to follow up as far as the personal versus theoretical or emotional versus cerebral, to kind of have a group discussion about what people want, what balance they might want. So we're all on the same page. One last thing that I'll mention, then I'll kind of open it up is um, no, a couple of things I'll mention. Uh, first, it really makes a difference if people, once they say, okay, I want to be in this group to commit to being in the group. This is not every, every group that does this, but I've seen the ones that are really strong are the ones where people, after a couple of times, they say, okay, I'm in. That is very different than, well, maybe I'll come, maybe I won't. And I would suggest having, if you're starting a group, having a trial period of you know, three months, three, three to six months, whatever feels right, uh, to meet Commit to being there unless there's an emergency that takes you out of town where work comes up, where somebody is sick in your family or whatever, that you're going to be there. And then at the end of that time, assess and say, okay, is this working for people? Do we want to continue another three months or another six months or whatever? Uh, are you still in? Because that group commitment will empower the whole the whole experience. Mm. And then uh, the, the last thing I want to mention is, especially as the group is developing, the importance of process time at the end. This does not have to be long. 
but to leave at least, in the beginning, I'd say at least 10 minutes, 5 to 10 minutes, and it might only take a minute or two, where you open it up and say, how was the meeting for you? Because if somebody is going through some stuff and they get in their car and they're kind of stewing or saying, oh, when she said that, you know, I felt a little bit, you know, disrespected or whatever, they're going to carry that through to the next meeting and feel disconnected from the group instead of using that process time at the end as a time of wise speech and acknowledging what really is working and refining what needs some attention. You know, you know I, I, I just felt a little bit uncomfortable when I, I, I said this and, 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 and that saw that reaction you. I wonder what was going on. And it's the facilitator, if you're a skilled facilitator, and sometimes this is just something you learn as you go, um, you'll remind people, keeping it, this is a practice in wise speech. And if, the, if you're able, if the person is able to say what's on their mind before they get in the car, they're going to feel a lot more connected to the group and also the group will benefit from processing that energy in real time and benefit from, you know, it, it's just deepening the wisdom and the, and the level of trust and, and, and honesty that, that occur. It's really powerful. And I, I was sharing from Ghidra, this is from, the reason I believe in community so much, when I was, in 1980, I lived in a, a communal house on, in Rockridge, Harwood House. And Jane was there, my wife. Wes Nisker was part of that community. Shoshana, my co-author, was part of that community. Wendy Zarin, who teaches uh, a Dharma teacher in, uh, in, in Colorado, was part of that community. And some other people weren't into the Dharma at all. We had a fantastic, magical connection. And we'd have house meetings every couple of weeks. So this is actually all from my, my days at Harwood House house meetings, which when we first started at Spirit Rock and having uh, uh, board of directors meetings, and we used to meet at Harwood House, we, we kind of had that form. And we had enough time where we could have process at the end. But I know the, the power of saying what's so in a, in a loving way in a kind way at the end of a meeting that just makes everybody more that much more connected. You don't have to be, you know, a therapist of 40 years to do this. All you need to do is be willing, especially if you have one other person with you to sense when you are feeling a little bit on edge or uptight, that's probably as important a cue as anything that probably somebody else in the room is too. And if you're feeling relaxed and open and like, wow, this is very cool, chances are, may, might not be for everyone, but chances are that's an energy that is being shared. So it's just as much as anything, feeling your own cues and having the courage to speak up or to hold it in that context of Dharma practice. Okay, so I think I'll just uh, 
be quiet now for a while. Just we'll, before we go on to the next thing, I do want you to to, to get into some smaller groups. Um, uh, just uh, to see what comes up for you. Any things that you that you want to bring up from from this? And here, uh, Cynthia, would you just pass the mic? And speak right into it. Hi, I'm Patrick. Um, one of the things that we've tried in our group is to talk about our meditation practice, mm-hmm. maybe sometimes at the end related to process. But I don't know if you had, maybe you guys have any experience in doing so. In other words, within your group, talking about how your meditation is going or ways to approach that discussion. I'd be interested in your experience. Yeah, it, it, you can just hold it till the next, if, see if there's any others. Um, it's a very tricky thing about meditation practice. Um, so I, I would take it very delicately because it can easily be a source of comparing mind. And um, sometimes people are going through things in their meditation practice that are very, very unsettling, but it's a sign of actually very deep meditation practice. So if there's somebody you know, yeah, it's just delicate. Uh, you might, there might be questions that, here's the thing, I wouldn't use it as a time to give advice unless asked. Right? If somebody is saying, hey, I want to check this out with, with, with you because it's going on for me, that's very different than, tell me about your meditation practice. How's it going? You know, that, that's, that's a little bit, uh, it's a different kind of a thing. But you can say, hey, let's just talk about what happens in your meditation practice, given the fact that there's no right, there's no right way, no right answer. Um, I just wanted to sort of emphasize what you said about process. When I first started facilitating a group, I was very surprised when I started organizing it, the number of concerns about um, when somebody could speak, um, not interrupting somebody. There were calls to um, have a statement about right speech before each. And my initial reaction was that I was trying to facilitate some conflict resolution before we even started. Mm-hmm. And th- I, was th- I thought, frankly, it was a little silly. Um, and yet, then I reverse that thinking to say there were concerns out there and people are concerned about it. And we did talk about it. We never got so informal as some people wanted to actually, like as a facilitator, I would say, okay, you speak, then you can speak, and then you can speak. We never got that formal. Um, but it is always a concern. And I think I would emphasize that you have discussions about it when you're starting a group. It's still somewhat surprising to me because my experience at work with committees and that is somewhat very different, but it's a different process. And and the second thing, and I hope you may discuss this a little bit later, we, um, because of the nature of our group, studying the Satipatthana Sutta, and there will be questions of doctrine come up. You, you know, we're talking about the five aggregates and going through them. And, and you hear this all the time. 
go, yes, 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 but. And so we have these questions where I think we'd need a little direction from a teacher. And it would be nice to have some kind of a network where we could ask somebody with considerable expect, uh, expertise to sort of help somebody that may be stuck and doesn't want to wait till the next retreat. And, and it could be a question that would help all of us in the group mm-hmm. resolve as well. That's interesting, yeah. Not that there would be agreement among the teachers either necessarily, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> some, yeah. something to think about. Well, I, I, I sometimes amuse to myself that it, like the, the founding member of the, the Green Tea Party, in, in which, uh, of course, we as individuals will resolve any doctrinal issues amongst the teachers. <laughs> Just uh, uh, wondering about process now. And uh, first of all, do you do you need a, a, a break? Huh? Uh, yes. If you raise your hand, it's yes. Okay. Uh, hmm. I, and I think I think this is what uh, what we can do, rather than just having it the big group question and answer. I think. Uh, I think we should break into groups and have uh, like a little KM group in real time uh, about Kalyanamita. Um, and before we break into groups, you can use the restroom, or you can have a little bit of a break, uh, and then uh, uh, like you to. Uh, group of about oh four or five each and uh, you might discuss uh, if you are having a group what works and what doesn't work or um, discuss any of your if you haven't started a group uh, just what what motivates you or what concerns you have it whatever you would like to have discussed in the larger group about uh, Kalyanamita, particularly your role as a facilitator. Either, let me see how I can do this so that it's, it can be clear for you. Um, if you were in a group, suppose you were not the facilitator, what you would love to see the facilitator, how you'd like to see the facilitator run a group, okay. and what what works, and what would work, and what wouldn't work for you, have that as part of the conversation, and then uh, then part of the conversation about what's actually going on in your uh, either in your group that you're in or a group that you'd like to start. And um, mm, this is one where, since there's not a designated leader, this will have to be one where all of you, as a group, is tuned into the process. And so being aware of a kind of um, creating an easy traffic flow where you stop before 
the next person speaks, uh, where it's not just jumping in one on top of another, but really hearing each other. This is something also as facilitators, it would be important for you to, to get a sense of how it feels when you're saying something and then somebody jumps right in on you. So it's kind of like a real-time experience. Oh, this is what it feels like to be in a group where people jump on. Oh, this is how it feels like when, when people can really hear each other. Is that okay with you? Um, so, and we'll, we'll, how about if we spend about the next uh, 25 minutes or so in a group, and then we'll, we'll come back and, uh, as a group and look at different questions and, and stuff like that. And so if you, uh, I'd say first get your group of four or five together, and if you want to take a break, you can, you can, you can go to the bathroom and then come back or, or whatever, and then, uh, then have your group. Okay, so you might look around you, and if you want to be with a facilitator that you came with, that's, that's fine. And uh, just spread around the room, and we'll, we'll do that right now. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.